Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Mind your business with the breakfast huddle only on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish, and Ryan Huang with you. It's time now for Mind Your Business. Uh, EVs will soon be the in demand thing in Singapore. And by EVs, we mean electronic vehicles, not the character from Wally. More of them going to hit the roads in future. Yes, indeed. Singapore has made a great push for EV adoption and it did so last year with the government unveiling several schemes to encourage consumers to make the switch. Mm. And it plans to set aside $30 million over the next five years for EV-related initiatives. We're talking about measures to improve charging provisions at private premises, for example. Yeah, we, we saw how there's an intention to accelerate the adoption of electric vehicles at Budget 2022. You want to build more charging points and We've got our next guest, GSS Energy, uh, acquiring Edison Motors of Thailand because of this huge potential in this particular market. Yes, indeed, there is huge potential. The purchase of Edison Motors, an electric motorcycle manufacturer, is reported to cost 7.53 million, is what we're talking about, and will give GSS ownership of Edison's proprietary patents, including battery pack and motor technology as well. Let's find out more from uh, Yuan Kin Bon, Sydney, Group CEO, Executive Director, GSS Energy. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Thank you for having me on the call this morning. <laughs> uh, thanks a lot uh, for helping us out with this, uh, Sydney. Let's, let's talk about GSS Energy. You guys have a presence in precision engineering in Singapore, Indonesia, and China. You're also listed on SGX. Uh, tell us a little bit about the business model. Uh, yes, the company was established uh, back in 1979, and our traditional business model has always been OEM. So uh, for the past uh, three years, uh, we decided to also embark and uh, expand on the ODM segment. So uh, so one of the first things we did was to uh, identify in uh, which products we want to focus on. And, uh, and of course, uh, EV uh, was one of the things that uh, we decided upon. Here's the thing, Sydney. I see that you're in the oil and gas business as well. How do you reconcile this with the move into more environmentally friendly energy, such as electricity? That's exactly what happened three years ago mm. when, we, uh, when we made a very conscious decision to uh, move our investments from uh, or any focus from conventional energy to alternative uh, energy and more uh, toward the green side of the business. And that's why uh, currently right now our oil and gas business is actually on the exiting process. And for the coming years, uh, we do want to uh, focus more on, on environmentally focused products. I assume this will be considered a key growth driver then for GSS. What's your outlook on it, at, well, at least for the next year? I may want to share with you, I mean, for the past three years, sure. We have been, uh, when we decided to go into the EV segment, uh, we spent the time and also uh, the focus in the study on how to get uh, into this EV segment. So, so everything from R&D to product development to manufacturing. So, so now three years later, about three months ago, uh, you know, we're quite proud and that we were able to launch our first uh, EV motorbike uh, in the ICMA uh, motorcycle show in Italy. For the coming year, and our, our main focus is to push our product and uh, to educate the market in the region. And, and, and we do see that the growth uh, should very much in line with the entire EV movement uh, of the region. Yeah. You talk about educating the market. Based on your assessment, the status quo at this point, what types of education is required, you think? 
this is definitely going to be an exercise where respective governments and government agencies uh, will also have to uh, uh, help to contribute to this education. Uh, of course, from uh, from where we are standing at from the private sector, the key is to be able to produce a uh, and deliver a good product where the consumer can have the confidence, uh, especially when most of them uh, will be the first time uh, converting, uh, you know, from the traditional IC motorbikes to uh, electric uh, vehicle. And so the key is uh, first deliver a good product, and then along the way, and then with the uh, new customers signing on, it's to educate them as as, as far as you know, the benefits and also uh, not necessarily the social responsibility side, but also eventually on the cost factor also. Yeah. Right. Uh, so you talked about products, right? Let's uh, let's talk a little bit about this EV bike that you guys launched at the ICMA show in Milan last year. What a place to launch it in Milan because, you know, Italians, <laughs> they wear leather jackets and they stand next to bikes all the time. <laughs> What's the reception been for this bike? I'm looking at a photo of it. It looks quite futuristic. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, and then to share with you, uh, so when we decided to embark in this exercise, uh, one of the things that we uh, realized is that uh, as a traditional OEM country manufacturer, uh, you know, to launch a bike and trying to sell a retail, that there will be a great deal of uh, uphill challenge. So the first thing we did is to uh, also to identify a good local partner uh, that has an automotive uh, heritage and at the same time, that, uh, that, uh, that we have a brand, uh, an existing brand or a heritage brand that we can use. And so that's why you know, two and a half years ago, we were able to uh, successfully sign up an exclusive global licensing agreement with uh, the, uh, uh, the Lamborghini family in Italy. Oh. Where, uh, so so uh, this brand that we signed up for is by the name of ISO, I-S-O. And uh, this is a heritage brand that has mm-hmm. been uh, in existence since the 1940s, 50s. At one point, it was considered as the, uh, one of the top three brands in uh, Europe. And uh, so currently right now is just still sitting within the portfolio of uh, the Lamborghini family. It just happens that, uh, uh, you know, about three or four years ago, the timing was very good. They would like also like to revive this brand uh, together with us, focusing just on EB. So, so when we launched this brand in Italy uh, uh, three months ago in this uh, motor, motorcycle show, uh, you can uh, imagine that, uh, A, it, um, uh, there's, there's quite a, uh, um, uh, uh, a lot of the benefits to it because uh, the brand itself, especially with, uh, within the Italian uh, motorcycle uh, circle, is uh, recognized. And uh, second of all, the reason why that we decided that with our first design to, uh, to like you said, to to come up with more of a futuristic or more different design as your uh, as compared to your traditional motorbike is because uh, we also want to revive this brand with showing that you know this is different from others. You know? And then the reception I would I would have to say actually surpassed our expectation. I think uh, so far the comments and uh, feedback that we've been getting uh, has been uh, uh, very positive. So uh, so so. For the coming uh, three to four months, our first priority now is to make sure that uh, we can uh, get our uh, bikes on the road. And then uh, once that happens, then uh, step by step, as, as we mentioned earlier, is to educate the consumers uh, when there's uh, when their bikes on the road. And then uh, also at the same time, working with uh, experienced and uh, uh, distributors in the various markets yeah, to, uh, to to properly promote this bike. Here. Talking about various markets, I understand you've received a homologation certificate in Thailand. Tell us more about that. What's so significant about this? 
Oh, yes, yes, uh, because um, the, the way it works with any vehicle introduction is that the first thing we need to do is to make sure that the bike itself is roadworthy. Yeah? Mm. And so meaning that uh, for each market, we have to get uh, get the proper homologation and also certification to uh, to allow the bikes to be on the road. And of course, uh, for each market, uh, for each country, the, the standardizations and the requirements is different. So uh, so, so currently what, what we're doing right now is that country to country, Country by country, we're actually uh, getting all these certifications in place. As you mentioned, uh, we're very uh, proud and happy that very recently uh, Thailand it was the first country that actually uh, gave us the, the green light to allow our bikes to be on the road. So the uh, so that means that at any time right now we can actually make sales and then uh, and have consumers to enjoy uh, riding a bike on the roads of Thailand. Yeah, I can see this working in Thailand for sure, or even places like uh, Jakarta and Indonesia. Let's uh, turn our attention to. Singapore, you would have heard Budget 2022, there is an intention to accelerate the adoption of EVs. More charging points is one way of doing it. Is it really just down to infrastructure in order to get Singaporeans to embrace it more? I would say uh, infrastructure is definitely uh, one aspect of it, but I do want to highlight that uh, because in our segment, uh, we're um, dealing uh, in, a, as in two-wheelers, meaning motorbikes. Mm. Mm. And so the need for uh, charging, the charging needs and the, the energy and also uh, the space is very different from the four-wheelers. But having said that, for the past two years, yeah, uh, we have been um, acknowledged and also uh, endorsed by the Singapore government too. We've been also been very active as a company to make sure that we have our representatives to share a lot of the uh, studies that we have conducted with the LTA, with, you know, with the various uh, Enterprise Singapore panels that as the, the, the latest when it comes to two wheelers uh, we uh, we expect that hopefully the standardization the standardization for two wheeler uh, infrastructure uh, infrastructure will be uh, less restrictive meaning that uh, you know whereas you know with your four wheelers uh, a you need the space and b you need a certain type of uh, charging station mm. uh, whereas in a two wheeler I think uh, the latest is that the, the single government have acknowledged accepted the fact that uh, you know with two wheelers, uh, even uh, even from your wall socket uh, charging is uh, is allowable. Yeah, <laughs> which which makes it a big difference because then they will allow uh, the the user, the consumers, to have uh, more options to uh, where they need to charge and how they charge. Yes. Mm, as long as it's safe and you know everyone's okay at the end of that charging yes. process, I'm sure it yeah. will work out. Yeah. Here's the yes. thing, though. You did mention that you're in this micro-mobility space specifically. I wonder why you chose to go down that road instead of just going either with just EVs in general or the four-wheelers. I mean, there is some research to show that because of COVID-19 in the post-COVID-19 world, actually, micro-mobility is going to be a lot more popular because people want to avoid sharing a car with someone else, you know, things like that. But what has your market research proven and why did you decide to go down this specific road? Okay, uh, well, well, first of all, uh, when we decided to um, to enter into the EV segment, of course, as a company, the first thing that we're trying to determine is to uh, as to uh, how much capex uh, is required and how much investment is required. And based on a company size and also as to where 
DNA is uh, where uh, historically we have been uh, focusing more on the OEM segment. Uh, we decided to take things one step at a time. And then the second aspect is because uh, the fact that we are a Singapore company, uh, we, uh, we have uh, major operations and a manufacturing plant in Batam, Indonesia. Our first markets that we intend to uh, launch and push for is in the Southeast Asian market, ASEAN. And uh, of course, uh, there's um, no secret about it. I think if you go into uh, the roads of uh, Jakarta, Bangkok, anywhere in Vietnam, you know, two-wheelers is still the, uh, the, uh, what we consider as the dominant uh, vehicle of choice. So with that market potential, we thought that uh, just the two-wheelers itself in uh, that's with our, uh, our existing uh, company business model. And based on that, if we can, I'd like to get into a conversation about the future. What are the key markets you're eyeing at the moment? Obviously, Thailand, one of them. Uh, yes, absolutely. So, so we will start with Thailand first, mm. and then, uh, and then uh, eventually, for sure, uh, we will try to uh, uh, target uh, all, uh, if not most, of the Southeast Asian markets, uh, such as uh, uh, Indonesia is a big one, uh, and then of course uh, you have Malaysia, Vietnam, mm. and uh, Hong Kong, Singapore. Uh, we will definitely uh, be in a Singapore company, and also uh, supported by uh, the Singapore government. Uh, we definitely uh, would like to showcase our uh, presence here. Uh, as as possible also. And eventually, I think the, uh, the, the next plan, uh, the second phase is to um, move to the various uh, the, the, the different continents. That's the next one most likely will be in Europe. I know that there's a lot of R&D involved in making electric vehicles more efficient. And especially if you're plugged into power grids that don't exactly supply you with renewable energy, right? I mean, for example, in Singapore, at this point, it's still natural gas, which is actually a fossil fuel, right? It's not Mm -hmm. exactly a renewable source of energy. So moving forward, how do you think all of this can be made even more energy efficient? I mean, is there anything companies like yours can do in order to rally governments to ensure that their power grids are powered by renewable energy sources, for instance, or anything else that you can think of? Uh, yeah, um, so, so the first thing that we are uh, constantly doing uh, uh, as we speak, even though we have uh, successfully now developed our first bike, uh, is to have our R&D uh, battery uh, department uh, division to uh, continue to explore and also uh, to uh, try to be uh, as much uh, to be in the forefront of uh, battery technology to ensure that our our, uh, our next generation of batteries uh, will be uh, the most efficient yeah, using different uh, different forms and and then of course uh, the charging method the infrastructure hopefully will also allow that to happen and at the same time uh, even in Singapore like uh, we are, um, are also discussing and talking in the possibility of how we uh, what we would do with the battery after it gets depleted, yeah, because uh, because obviously that's a big problem. Because uh, when batteries are depleted, then uh, if you don't uh, uh, dispose them properly, then of course that could be as toxic as anything else. And uh, so, so, so a lot of people do, uh, obviously do not realize that uh, even though when a battery uh, is deemed to be uh, a non-performance, uh, but then, uh, but. But, but then within the battery itself, like uh, a lot of the material can be recycled, right, to be used as uh, for, gen- uh, for for generative purposes and also for another energy output purposes. So that's one thing that uh, us as a company and uh, uh, also uh, uh, studying very uh, very closely with uh, our potential partners to to ensure that that last mile of uh, is is is, uh, is also uh, being uh, explored and uh, answered him. All right. Well, thank you so much for helping us out this morning. We've been speaking with uh, Yuan King Bond Sydney Group CEO, Executive Director, GSS Energy Sydney. Thanks for your time. You take care and stay safe. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you very much. Okay, have a good morning. Take care. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.